0: Welcome to the Yoga Pants Podcast. I'm Sarah Ratliff. And I'm Nicole DeBoom. We're two successful female entrepreneurs who are running multiple businesses. We came together when I wanted to sell my business, Skirt Sports, and Sarah was ready to expand
1: her Be inspired brand's empire. That's right. I decided to combine the best women's fitness apparel in the world with my Zuma Women's Running Series. Today, I run multiple businesses, all geared toward inspiring and motivating active women to live their best lives.
0: We come together weekly-ish to connect, share, and have candid conversations about what really matters to active women at all ages and stages.
1: We're so glad you're here. Thanks for listening. Now enjoy the show.
0: Friends, hey everyone, thank you for joining us. I know we keep taking these like semi long breaks, and then we're like, we're gonna come on every week, and then it's like a semi long break again. Guess what? We're gonna come
1: on every week again, right, Sarah? That's right, that's right. Except, oh, it's summer, what's gonna happen? That night? I know. I think I just sent you a note and I was like,
0: I think I need to take a break through the summer. And then I looked and I was like, I don't think we've recorded since like March. Um, we haven't, that's it's
1: right. Been crazy.
0: You know what? But. We're real people. And everyone listening is a real person and they can relate to the fact that sometimes things certain things in your life are full steam ahead. And sometimes they're, you know, they're off the back a little bit. But we right. I care about you, Sarah, so much and I love these conversations so much that I just have faith we will constantly come back to this.
1: I agree. We and we do. We do. And I know it's everybody loves to to listen. They always they're like, When are you recording next? I would like I hope we can do it sometime soon, but but you're right. It has been. There's been a lot happening um, this spring. Actually, that was one of the things we wanted to talk about today because you are back from your second surgery in a year and a half. Yeah, oh, totally.
0: And I'm sitting here at my desk uh, with, I'm sweating a little bit, which I don't know if that's because my body's off or menopause or what, or it's starting to get hot here. I'm drinking a cup of Smooth Move tea, yes, because post-surgery pooping is like a thing. You know when you have a baby and like everyone cheers when they poop? You're like, he up! yay! Yeah. That's, I literally, that's how I feel. Like when it happens, I'm going to run downstairs and do like the Rocky, except I can't run because this was
1: a yeah, foot surgery. The hobble, the exactly.
0: Totally, but I'm, I'm sitting here like resting between my icing and couch, you know, uh, endeavors and taking a moment to talk to you and then I'll go back to my rehab. But what it's you know, it's interesting because I I was thinking about this. I've been a little bit um, or a lot more less social on social media. Mm -hmm. Just like a year ago, I just kind of was like, what do I really want to say? Why am I saying this? I don't really want to say anything. I don't know what I'm saying. And I just stopped talking on social. And I don't know if you noticed that you might have. Um, And all of these things were happening in my life, but I felt like I didn't want to just keep getting on social media and going, hey, this is happening to me and this is happening to me and this is happening to me. It felt very sort of selfish. So. I do, though, think that we can learn from the things that we go through at the right, you know, in the right medium. And I thought maybe it would be a cool time to talk about these surgeries because, like you said, I've gone through two, both fairly big surgeries, one bigger than the other in the last year and a half. I turned 50 around this time. I'm 51 now. And I have felt over the past couple of years like my body is a bit broken and I've been trying to make sure that my mind does not break as well. And I think this is an important topic for us as we age and as we go through all kinds of changes that um, it might be fun to share this concept of brokenness and maybe the opposite, the idea that you can actually make you stronger. Right.
1: Well, and I think as, um, you know, this community of women has been built around being active, you know, and it's certainly something that I've watched over time where, um, it's like, oh, well, I'm injured and I can't run. Am I still a runner? You know, I mean, I haven't participated uh, to tell you a story about what happened to me last night, but, um, I, you know, I haven't participated in sports the way that I normally have. And I'm like, gosh, am I still an athlete? So I do think, you know, women of a certain age in with an active lifestyle, you go, what what do I do if I can't do the things I did before? So I don't know if I told you, but I've been coaching Avery in volleyball. So my daughter, she was interested in playing volleyball is one of my favorite sports to play. I and I started I started coaching my son basketball at the YMCA and now I'm doing volleyball. So two nights ago I was scrimmaging and I went to dive for a ball, right? Like, well, I shouldn't do that. I'm, I'm much too old. I'm playing with 11 year olds. I'm diving for a ball. I twist my ankle. So you're sitting there with your foot up on a boot. I'm sitting up here with a big old fat ankle, which is just, it just cracks me up, right? But you're, when you're moving, when you're active i don't, I'm assuming that you feel this way, too. I feel alive. Like I go, "Oh, this is what my body was supposed to do, right? So when you can't do that when you're sidelined you're whatever, it's like, well who who am I? I what, what am I supposed to do? I don't feel you know the way that i that I want to feel.
0: Yeah, you know, it's really funny, um. You don't need to dive for those balls. The 11-year-olds can and they won't sprain their ankle or they'll sprain their ankle, but it's fine the next day. But for us, you know, it can take a long time to recover. Like ankles are at a certain point, never the same again, each time you do that thing. And I think, you know, you hit on something, which is that we form our identities often around what we do. So we do that yeah. with our careers. We say, oh, I'm a dentist, you know, or whatever. Like, that's my right. identity. Or in, in the case of many of our awesome listeners who I know and love, too, um, they, they are marathoners or they're runners or, you know, whatever. They plan their lives around this recreation that they love. And so when our bodies start to wear down, which they do because that is a natural aging thing. <laughs> We often don't know they're worn down until they something happens to them. You know, it's like at an airport, you have like the creeping cancellation. They're like, it's delayed. It's delayed another two hours and another two hours. And then finally it's canceled, you know, and and then there you are stranded needing surgery. It's just like that with an injury. You're like, I'm limping a little. But when I Run the limp goes away and then, you know, five minutes into my run and then it was 10 minutes into your run. And then mm-hmm. suddenly your kind of whole running form is limping. And then one day you can't run anymore. And all of a sudden you're like, that was a creeping injury that just, I couldn't face it or whatever. And all of a sudden it's real and it needs to be fixed and I can't yeah. fix it. And that is a very hard place to find ourselves and most of us do at some point in our lives you know sarah i know you had um surgery back in the day for your knee
1: isn't mm-hmm. it what happened well that was uh that was when i was sure what was i still in my 30s i'm sure I was um but i had torn my acl pretty seriously um playing rugby i was scoring on try i would like to put out that I, Wait, you scored on that injury? Point? I did. I scored and then I tore my knee up. But um actually that has caused problems over time. I had it repaired, but then I had I've had to scope it again. Like they told me the last time I went in, they were like, You really aren't gonna be able to run and I don't I literally have no cartilage left. And they were like, Well, maybe you can have a cartilage transplant. And I was like, Is that even like a thing? Well, and it's interesting, Nicole, because um, you do know, I I think we sort of begin to just learn to live with pain. We go, oh well, that just hurts, or it takes me a little bit longer to get up out of bed. Like it's just a part of the aging process. But there is a fine line. Everyone has a different tolerance. Because I remember talking to you. You were a month into your back, the bulging disc,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you were like, "Listen, I can't do this. I'm a, I'm a cranky person. I'm yelling my family like." If I don't do this, I'm going to, you know, it's just not going to work. And I was like, in my mind, I still remember that conversation. I was like, really? I was like, man, I've, I've had all these injuries and I never did anything about them. I was like, so proud of you because you were like, I have to do this or I won't be who I want to want to be, you know, um. And so I was so proud of you for me because it was a scary. That was a big surgery. That was a scary kind of a thing. And you were like, "I'm, just, I got to do it." You know? Yeah. Um,
0: you so know, that was really great to see. I think you're kind of getting to a, a really cool point, which is when things happen to our bodies, they go sideways, they start to limit us. You know, we're not doing the things we want to do in our lives. Then we start justifying. We start getting used to certain levels of pain. You know, this is kind of the normal process, right? Doctors will not usually tell you, you have to have surgery on this tomorrow. They will put Mm. it in your hands to decide when it's time for you to have surgery, if that's kind of the end of the road. And as driven women, we like to think that we can avoid surgery at all costs, Mm -hmm. So we will just make our cores as strong as they possibly can be and do two hours of core work every day and be happy walking a half a mile as our exercise, you
1: know, or whatever it is. Just so we're clear, I don't do two hours of core work every day. (laughs) Do you? No. But like the whole point is that.
0: At some point. Yeah. You have to wake up and realize like you are not living the life you want. And yeah. When I decided the surgery you're alluding to was when I had a spinal fusion, which is like, this is your freaking back and your spinal cord and one little misstep. And you're just like the fear of like, oh, my gosh, if the surgeon sneezes, I'm, you know, in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. Like that stuff is real. And so it took me a long time to make that decision. But I had these kind of three points And it was when you're starting to feel depression, if you already are having depression, then it's a deeper, darker depression in a different way than you've ever felt it. When your changed lifestyle and your mental state is negatively affecting the people you love. And when you are no longer leading the life you want to lead. Like those three things. And when When it's clear that those three things are happening, it's a really good time to go find a few surgeons and get some opinions on what, how they might help fix you. And this is assuming that you did every single thing you could before surgery.
1: So, well, and so here's what, because I think, you know, that is certainly, um, and I feel like for legal purposes, we have to be very clear that we're not recommending surgery or for any kind of treatment of any kind. Please talk to your doctor first. Duh.
0: Yes. Come but, on.
1: But if you but to that and there's not always surgery as a fix for some of these things, right? Yours were definitely um that. And honestly, you had lived with that for quite quite some time. I mean, you had years of of buildup. But um what I find interesting is that. Anytime I've had an injury, the doctors either want to pump it full of cortisone or they want to give me, um, they want to give me pain medication. So I had a back, I had a back issue at one point. Um, I still believe it was caused by massive stress and anxiety due to what was happening in my life at the time. But they just wanted to give me pain meds. They were like, well, just take this and it'll be fine. And I was like, I don't feel good. I'm not a, fan of pain medication. I don't feel good. i like to be very active and vigilant. And, you know, I, do, I don't like that. I'd rather deal with the pain than, than take the medication. Um, but that was really my only options, you know, and I was able to explore other alternative options and really, you know what fixed it? It was foam rolling. I foam rolled my back because I went to like a chiropractor slash um, uh, acupuncturist And they like did that scalpula thing, you know, that hurts like hell when they scrape you. Mm -hmm. They did some of that. It was a it was a tendon. It was my it was a band of some kind. It wasn't, you know, it it wasn't something I needed to need treatment. And the same thing happened with my mom. Her sciatica was terrible. You know, And they were like, well, you're just going to have to live with it. And she was like, like, hell I am. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that, but but it's a mystery to solve at times. You have it this, is. Interest, like, no, but you think that you're going to go to a doctor and they're going to be like, oh, here's how you solve this. But it's it no. doesn't work.
0: No, you have to become an expert on your own body, which is a weird thing yeah. to say because you think you are because it's your body. But sometimes we feel a little disconnected from our bodies. We're relying on other people to tell us what our bodies feel and what our bodies need. But we need to figure that out ourselves. And then when you have finally hit like the end of your line and you're like, I can't now fix this or maintain it anymore on my own. Then if you can, then your your trick is to go find someone that you truly trust, who gives you a lot of confidence, who you know can help you. And, and it's just like the design process at skirt sports. It's a leap of faith. You make yeah. something, you make a decision you think has, you know, just such good chances of working, but there's always a chance it won't.
1: Right. And yeah, so that it, it's a risk. I mean, they make you sign that paperwork that's like, I know you agree that if you die, it's not our fault, right? It always gives you pause. You're like, wait, am I making the right? It is the right choice.
0: True. Um, like this is so cool. interesting because well, I have a question for you.
1: Though. Oh yeah, go what, 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 Um, because you know you've had the most recent one was on your foot, right? There was like a sack of some kind. I read your email, but there was a sack of some kind, and you've been living with this for years.
0: I love right? it. I had a
1: sack on my foot.
0: Um, yeah. yes, I have. So you're right. So what is the question?
1: Well, what? Why? Why now? What made you change your mind? Was it those three points that you? Pointed out was the fact that you had time. Like, what what was it that made you? Decide I think there's like or- two extra things from the first three points.
0: Um, I wasn't living the lifestyle that I wanted. I was probably annoying my family, and I was starting to get less than excited about the things I could do anymore. So that kind of like low grade depression thinking was creeping in, and um, the to add to that. I had had a successful surgery that was a harder and bigger surgery. And so that gave me more confidence that when I find the right provider, I would be able to fix this. And the other thing is that I was living with a lot of pain. And we didn't talk about that, but that's kind of assumed. But I was having so much pain on a daily basis, but I was just sucking it up, taking tons of Advil and getting through it. And that's yeah. not a healthy way to live, and it's not sustainable. Um, and one of the only things that would like relieve my pain was wearing high heeled jelly shoes around the house every day. I mean, I I was like lifting weights in our family room with these high heels on because it would take the pressure off my Achilles. Let Is me you're just tell jelly. Yeah, or they're jelly? like the old the old jellies. They're called Melissa or something. Have you heard of Melissa shoes? They're really cute. Anyway, um, I'll put I'll I'll put a link in the uh, show notes. We'll go Yeah, they're super fun. We got them in New York, me and Wilder, when we went on a trip and I had no idea I'd be using them for lifting weights. But um, Uh, that's very sweet. The surgery that I just had is for an injury that started at least 15 years ago. So when I was a pro triathlete, um, my back of my heel had a little extra bone growth. It's called a Haglund's deformity. And it was irritating my Achilles and I just kind of constantly was trying to get it massaged and fixed and you know, it would come and go. And then right after I had Wilder, I decided to do a treatment that a podiatrist suggested that would break up old scar tissue. And it's like yeah. she described it as little hammers, like little laser hammers. So they go in and they, they jab these little hammer lasers at parts of your body that have old injuries that don't get a lot of blood flow. And- uh-huh. What I think happened is that those lasers blew out my little bursa sack. And so we yeah. have bursa sacks in all of our joints. They're little fluid-filled sacks, and they allow your joints to move happily. And mine exploded, and it was just mad. And it was mad for 10 freaking years. And it would come oh, and go, but this past year, I jammed my feet into ski boots once or twice a day. And it was inflamed and angry. And it looked like I, uh, it was just a massive lump on the back of my heel. Yeah. So what's really cool about the fact that I did wait so long is that this surgery was much less invasive than it was 10 years ago. They didn't have to remove oh, my Achilles yeah, and do all that stuff. They just kind of went in there from the side, yeah. pulled out that angry bursa, shaved some bone off. That's why it hurts right now. And um, what the doctor told me, he goes, yeah, that bursa, there's like a hard ball in the middle of it. We sent that lump off to the lab just to double check. But what happens is that when this is inflamed for so long, your bursa can actually um, calcify. Yeah. So I and had like a, a calcified ball of a bursa baby sack. I was walking around with an extra sack on the back of my Yeah. So I am. I'm very happy that I did it. And I'm looking forward to pain free living. And I'm also I accept the fact that I used my body. I worked my body to the max. I did it in an extreme level. And there are some things that I won't do again and I'll never do at the same level. And that's okay with me. I just want to be able to do them at all. And so, yeah. hence the decision to just get this thing done and stop living with pain.
1: Yes, that's so exciting. I'm happy to hear that. And, and, and not too long, you'll be able to poop normally too. So, like, you're going to be living the dream completely.
0: Ah. Yes, I cannot wait for that. I'll, um, I'll, I'll text you when it happens, when the smooth yeah. move kicks in. Um, I wanted to share just something, too, because I think we need an episode on aging at some point. But uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus has this new podcast called Wiser Than Me. Have you heard of it? Yeah. No, I have not. And she's so funny. And she interviews women older than her. And she had oh. Jane Fonda. And Jane Fonda, there's like a new documentary about her, Jane Fonda, in five acts. It's like she's in the fifth oh. act of her life. That's what she's entering right now. And, and she did so much in her life. And we forget, like, we think of her as an actress and maybe an activist. She basically launched the aerobics movement. I mean, that's Jane right. Fonda. She was an exercise maven, like, a just insane. And uh, Julia said to her, so what'd you do today? And she goes, well, I just got done with a workout. And she's like, oh, what, what was that like? And she goes, slow. Just like slow. She said, you know, to be honest, I do all the same moves or a lot of them. I just do them a lot slower. And mm-hmm. accepting that that you can still be incredibly fit, healthy and more, but just with an ever evolving mindset. I think that's what her statement said to me is like, yeah, yeah, you don't stop. You don't stop working out. You don't stop putting on your leotard and doing your Jane Fonda stuff. You just do it slower. Exactly.
1: Well, this is, I think, the first generation of women. Like I see, you know, my mother is in her seventies, just barely, and right. She's gonna be mad at me if I got this wrong. <laughs> like, oh crap, lunch. I think I'm trying to do the quick math in my brain. Oh, but you know, before that, like my grandmother, who she's still alive. She's 94 five, I think Gigi is, you know, she didn't grow up as an athlete. That wasn't something that women did, you know? Um, so as you start to get into these generations, like there is no research, there is no template for how we're able to stay active into, you know, as we grow older. And you know, men have been able to play sports for years, but what would happen is you'd have a football career in high school, you'd bang yourself up, it's terrible. And then nobody worked out after that, right? So like, in general, I think as people, um, we are progressing as athletes and wanting to stay active throughout our lives. We understand the benefits of it physically, but also mentally, Um, and emotionally how important it is to stay active and and do those things. So we're really blazing trails, I think, in some ways, or what, what this looks like. And I don't think that doctors and medicine are trained or even the culture of our medicine are, it's not meant to say, well, yeah, keep staying active or here's another treatment for this. You know what? It doesn't pay to be honest. If it's not a drug, like it's not, and I don't want to say anything bad about our system, but I will say, you know, when, when they go, oh, well, just foam roll that. Well, that doesn't pay the bills as when you go, oh, here, I'm prescribe you this medicine, you know, and go do, go do that instead. Um, so I do think that there are a number of treatments out there that there are ways that we can stay active and healthy. We just have to keep exploring it. And to your point, do things a little slower you know, um, it, it, but we can still stay active and, and do all the things we want to do. Um, it just looks a little, little different. That's you know, what
0: I think. And I, and I don't think that has to be depressing. And I think when you're young and you hear that, you go, whatever, I'm going to be, yeah. you know, doing marathons until I'm 90. Well, you might, but most people yeah. who are doing marathons when they're 90 started when they were 80. They didn't start when right. they were 20. They don't have 70 years of
1: overuse, you know, building up. And so... Except for Jeff Galloway. Even, I mean, Jeff Galloway is sort of an anomaly of some kind, but yes.
0: Yeah, but, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, our bodies will break from time to time. It might happen yeah. traumatically. It may happen slowly over time, like the creeping delay. And um, it doesn't mean we're broken, once we yeah. figure out how to fix them, and that's really the key, is to become those experts in our own bodies. Um, yeah. But once we figure out how to fix them, then we realign our perspectives to who we are now. And, um, yeah. and I think it can be liberating and exciting to go into whatever phase, you know, opens up to you after a big fix. You, like in my case, for instance. Yeah. Or- um, because you're gonna try doing things in a different way. And and experimenting is always something that's gonna keep you young, happy, and excited.
1: I love that so much. Well, this has been such a good and fun discussion. Um, thank you for sharing. Uh Noelle and I were actually talking you about you this morning at one of our meetings and she's like, Nicole is just such an open book. I was like, She really is. You just you're so good at sharing and and opening up about your experiences. I just really think that's uh, such a wonderful thing about you. So I'm glad that you shared here and everybody listening. I hope you enjoyed our episode. Thanks for joining us again for the Yoga Pants podcast. And we'll see you next time. And Sarah, thank you for sharing
0: too. You are amazing. Thanks for tuning in to the Yoga Pants podcast. As
1: always, we'd love to hear from you. So please reach out with any comments, questions, and suggestions for a future topic. Now grab those yoga pants, ladies. Get out there and get busy living your best life. See you next time.